Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Silver and Gold! Coming to the ring, from parts unknown, at a combined weight of 853 pounds, Pickleloaf and Dr. Zong! Silver and gold, daddy, the belchiest, most acidic podcast this side of, I don't know what. Uh, I am the loaf and with me, Dr. Zahn. Uh, we have uh, bellies full of cheap coffee and a kiosk chili. Ready for another great... Exciting episode of whatever this is we do. Yeah. Uh, this week we're doing, uh, we're going to talk about a movie recommended by listener Alan a long time ago. Um, only a long time ago because we record like twice a year, but um, a, a Danish movie from 1946 called Dite, Child of Man. And if I feel adventurous, I may try to. Um, say the Danish name of the movie in a bit. Um, and then we're going to do another one that, uh, that, oh, it looks like it's actually on prime video. So that could have been one way you could have watched it. Um, <laughs> uh, sudden death from 1977, not to be confused, the directed by Eddie Romero, not to be confused by the hockey themed Jean-Claude Van Damme movie from 1990-something or other. How amazing would that have been if Eddie Romero would have directed that one? And it would have been Direct. hockey in the Philippines. <laughs> Big. What, with roller skates and a fucking like half of a coconut <laughs> shell. They're out there. The um, ice is just like a pond because it's just fucking melted. <laughs> so we'll get to those in a bit. Zom, how are you, sir? I are fine. I are He's got a little rumble in the tumble, but he's yeah. doing all right. Uh, it subsided, right? Like right, at, right before we went on air, I had a, a a pang that felt like two chimps with sledgehammers bounding off the inside of my intestine. But now it's just kind of like just a simmering pot of uh, poop. Yeah, I've got, I've got, I'm on my fifth cup of coffee, so. We'll see uh, what that leads to. But this is decaf. I'm having uh, Dunkin' Donuts decaf because I found that okay, like the 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 uh, I was becoming addicted to regular coffee, and it's not good for me to have like a lot of caffeine. So I thought, well, you know, I'll just have this. And you know what? Hot liquid like this, even if it's decaf, it's still to me it makes me poop, and 
makes me less hungry. I don't know why. It fills that uh, <laughs> that like when you have that 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 uh, thing in your stomach where you're just like, Ugh. or when you just have it in your mind that you do, but you really don't. You're just eating compulsively. Have a cup of Joe. What about uh, like dig. herbal tea? Have you tried that? I drink a lot of herbal tea. There you go. Uh, but for some reason, I switched. Well, you know, I make my herbal tea and then I put it in the refrigerator and just drink it like iced tea. So, but I yeah, have yeah, yeah. Tea. I do that too because I um, I can make a you can make a big pitcher of it at once yeah. and add like honey and lemon and it tastes like Kool Aid. Yeah. That's what I um, I do that kind of stuff. The and speaking of herbal, I uh, so record store day was yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um. And I, I went out, adventured out. It was fucking hot yesterday. It's so weird. It was like 88, almost uh, almost 90 degrees, approaching 90 yesterday. And sunny as hell. And it's and cold today here it's, and raining. Yeah. Today it's raining and, and 30 degrees cooler outside. Mm-hmm. But um, So I didn't stay out for super long because it was so fucking hot. But I went to a couple stores just to see. Um, I bought more used records. I, I only bought a couple... Uh, uh, record store day things um but they have at this at the one record store i usually go to um, there's a place called loco pops right next door and they had a strawberry hibiscus popsicle man that wow. thing was fucking good and i tore it up because it was so hot it was hot oh it was hot no, the popsicle was not hot. It was hot outside. Oh, okay. Yes. Um, I was going to say a hot popsicle. You know, I wonder if they make like some kind of like a um, jalapeno somehow. Probably. I wouldn't I know they make so. candy I've got, like that. I've got a I've got a, a habanero infused cider in my fridge right now that I swiped from work. Can you imagine something that is like you know, of course, cold as ice? But it actually fucking burns your mouth. Yeah, um, I, I had that once, and I ouch. and I didn't I didn't actually enjoy it all that much because it wasn't all that refreshing. But it was um in Portland. I went there was there's food trucks everywhere in Portland, right. Portland, Oregon. But there was a food truck that sold I don't know what else they sold, but all I remember is their various types of lemonade, and they had a jalapeno lemonade, and I was like, I gotta try that. That sounds weird. And it was pretty fucking weird. And I don't think I liked it all that much mm. because yeah. it was very cold. And as you drink it, you're like, I'm still thirsty. Yeah. <laughs> so, and you drink I cold know. stuff to if you're like especially if you're hot, to yeah. kind of cool down, but you know. But it kind of defeats I mean, the purpose. That's that's the thing though is like in 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 hot uh, client and in, in hot climates, a lot of people eat super spicy food because it makes you sweat and that cools yeah. you off. Yeah. But it doesn't really quench my thirst though. That was the thing. There you go. Um. So I don't. Nothing else has really been going on. I haven't been on the show for a while. And thanks to you for minute, filling we just in the did gap one, there. Not that long ago, right? I thought we just it's did a one. month. It's been a month already. Oh, with the Will Smith or William Smith, not Will Smith. Getting jiggy with it. Yeah, um, <laughs> when he was driving the the funny car, <laughs> he was getting jiggy with it. Uh, God, that yeah, would be fucking I, funny as shit to see that William Smith like play <laughs> dancing. You know? Yeah, even dancing at all. He um, might be able to no, cut it. No, I, I went out of I went out of town. I went and saw uh, Radiohead in Atlanta a few weeks ago. So oh. missed that show. How was that? That was a fan. 
Fantastic. I, I didn't realize I had not seen them live. And this is a band I always try to catch because they don't they don't come in the US that often. And this one required a fucking flight to get there. Mm-hmm. But um I had not seen them in nine years. So got to see them again. It was um the day itself really tried my patience. <laughs> it was like it was a lot of I tell you what, downtown Atlanta at least where we were, is pretty shitty on the weekends. There's nothing going on. Ah. The only thing going on was there was a uh, some kind of like high school volleyball tournament. So there's people walking everywhere and going nowhere because all there are <laughs> is fucking like hooters. And there's not, I mean, it's so boring. It's like I could have done this shit at home. Yeah. It was kind of um, like Warhound. <laughs> um, the. <laughs> The uh, yeah exactly. Yeah, I, I need target. to try and figure out how to have like something like that, but just have it like around here because we have Target and Walmart, yeah, and, uh, like stuff like that. And then I could just like like when I would get up in the middle of the night and leave, I would just be here. <laughs> that doesn't really make uh, sense. But if anybody's been to Horrorhound with me, they know I have a propensity to. Um, I get like uh, fight flight. What is it? Not fight or flight, but something like that. And I'll wake up and I'll be like, you know what? I'm just going to leave, you know, anyway. So I might as well just get in the car and go now. I've yeah. That and that, that was, we discovered that, that the hard way. The very first, the, well, the only yeah. horror hound that I've gone to. Yeah. Um, I had, I, I went, I went to that first <laughs> horror hound with no, I was so fucking broke and I was just mooching off anybody's room that I could find. And uh, so I stayed in Zom's room the first night. Is that and, and, and that okay? That was the one that we had. Like when we we when we opened the door, there was only one bed. Yes, we shared a okay. bed. The first time Zom and ever met, I ever met, we shared a bed. <laughs> so fucking weird. And then to, to, because I know you know this, but the the the, the listener doesn't know this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Thank we you, went, listener. Yeah, we went. Okay, that happened where I had one like king size bed, and Loaf and I, the first time we actually meet in person, have to sleep in the same bed. But then the last wrestling fan fest we went to last year, we go and check in, and we walk up, we go up to the room, you know, in the elevator, and as soon as I opened the door, there was one bed in the middle of the room, and I go, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> so I had to go all the way back down and tell the guy, "Hey, uh, there's only one bed." He goes, "How many were you supposed to have?" Jesus. And I was like, well, "Fucking more than one." So he changed it. But that, I, as soon as I saw that, I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> I thought you're gonna think I'm doing this shit on purpose. <laughs> well, the uh, so so okay. the after after the first night, I'm glad I ha- I took my I, I packed light. And so I was carrying my, basically my clothes and everything additional with me. And uh, luckily I'd taken my bag with me because everybody was in, it was weird. I don't know who, I don't know if it was Randy or who that had rented that room, that random like yeah, yeah. conference room where everybody yeah. would hang out and watch like real sex on HBO or now whatever the was, hell that was. That was fun. That was a good time. But so, I had the shits that weekend too. Like That's really, when remember? I taught you about the magic of carrying yeah. Pepto with you on traveling. Yeah, the Pepto. Mm-hmm. Um, so the uh, 
Will, I know Will was drunk. I don't know if Sammy was, but we what? all went. We now, wait a minute. <laughs> Are you going to be Smirch, Large Williams' the name character? Of the Large Willie. <laughs> the, uh, so we, we all go to, Zom was nowhere to be found. It was probably like three in the morning on, I guess this would have been early Sunday Dude, morning. Dude, it was know. like about four in the fucking morning, I think. <laughs> Well, Those you were things. gone, so we go, and we were just pounding on your door. Well, Will was pounding on the door. We're like, wake up. We just thought well, you were the, in there asleep. The little and conference we- <laughs> room thing, We everybody was having fun, and we watched the, the fucking porn and the 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 um, Dave Attell porn show, and then we watched the, um, what was it, the one where the guys, the gigolos, got their ass cracks waxed and all this stuff. And then everybody was having fun. Muscle Wolf shows up, and he's lonely. And their people were coming in and stealing Randy's brownies, which made him mad. But then it all started breaking up because it was like three o'clock in the morning. It was getting very late. Yes. So I remember it was me, you, Will, Sammy, and I don't maybe one other person, and we're just sitting at this table in a room that, at one time, maybe had like. 40 people in it, but now it had like <laughs> six. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, well, you know, man, fuck. I think it was like four o'clock in the morning and I was, man, okay, I'm fucking heading back to the room. And when I got back to the room, I was like, you know what? If I leave now, I'm going to get up and leave in the morning. Anyway, if I, if I just get in the car now and leave, I can be home by this time, blah, 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 blah. But I thought, if I fucking get my suitcase and I walk out and I'm walking down the hallway and one of those fuckers sees me, they're going to guilt me into stay. They're going to go like, where are you going? Uh? So I walked all the way down to the end of the hallway because I heard the elevator coming. I almost like ran down the end of the hallway because I heard the elevator coming and I ran down the hallway to the stairwell. And in this, this stairwell was just like these little metal steps I guess oh, they make weird. a metal so they won't burn up. And I pro- I guarantee you, I was probably the only human that has, has used that since that hotel has been there. And I went <laughs> all the way down. And then when I got down to the uh, to the lobby, I thought, oh, shit. One of those fuckers, they're drunk, and there's going to be a couple of them down there in the lobby. So I scouted it out, and I, th- I was going to go and give them my card key to leave. Mm-hmm. And I thought, if I do that and they say, oh, hang on one second or something, I'm going to be standing there and somebody's going to see me. So I just said, fuck it. Then you'll and be I, in big trouble. Oh, I fucking motored it out all the way out in the parking lot, got in the car. <laughs> and when I got in the car, I was like, it was like escaping from prison. And I was like, <laughs> yes, yes, fuck yeah. And so I drove down the road and and then I called the hotel and said that I had checked out and that, um, you know, that they were busy. So. I didn't get a chance to give my my card. Yeah, I was, was I was at the mercy of everybody because I didn't have a place to sleep, and uh, so we were banging on your on your door, no, trying but to you figure out already, where the fuck you were. But you weren't. You had stayed with uh, Matt. Well, I stayed with. No, I stayed with so you on Friday night, room. and then Matt Suzaka was Saturday night because that right. was kind of like this random. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I, I crashed just with to him. Let the listener, no, it's not like I took off and. And your shit was in the room and all that stuff. Who'd you stay with that night? Or were you going to stay Matt, with that me? Was Matt, that was the Matt Suzaka night. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> now yeah, that yeah, I'm yeah. thinking about it, were you going to stay with me that night? <laughs> oh, whorehound. <laughs> I might have seen my last one. Oh. <sighs> Tell me that for a long time, but I think, <laughs> I think I'm finally starting to get it. 
<laughs> I seem to like the trip. I like the drive. I like to drive because I can yeah. just drive and listen to the podcasts and stuff. And then when I get there, I kind of like just hanging out at the show and walking through and seeing stuff like that. Now, the one that Ken and um, uh, Justin – I won't say his last name. Uh, Ken and Justin – or Ken's last name. Um, when we kind of hung out at – not the one before the last one, which I didn't go to – uh, that was fun because we just acted, we just hung out and just fucking acted stupid and did Gilbert Gottfried impersonations the whole time and we're just laughing like idiots. But it was fun, so you know. But I don't know. We got, I got to find a new, uh, new thing, a new, a new venture. One that you could still drive to, or would you be willing to fly? Like, yeah, like a one that doesn't involve prostitution, or well, that uh, cuts out most of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is there is there a target by the um, bunny ranch <laughs> i'm sure there's one within reach at least maybe after, a walmart after i watched the louis theroux thing i was like i could not do that it just it's no just, it's so awkward it's so awkward and weird and you know like the girl wouldn't be coming out telling everybody like i had this you know how i had such a huge cock you know stuff like that <laughs> Or no, saying it, yeah, as as out of the uh, what did they call that the the negotiation room? Yeah, and then you they, oh. they, like they they listen into you to make Ugh. sure the girl flipping off the house. Yikes. They go and they want their cat. It just all seems so weird. I'd just rather just beat my meat. Yeah, <laughs> just cr- cry alone at home. I've cut out the crying. I, I, oh. Maybe I'm maybe I'm getting more uh, jaded. I don't even cry. <laughs> The tears, which is weird because then it chafes more because the tears don't act as lubricant. <laughs> this is just fucking going like all off in directions. Uh, so what have you been watching lately? What do you mean? Um, I cut it you, down. You, because you probably don't have a, a huge list because you recorded recently and yep, I, didn't I don't ever listen it. to our show. So I don't know what you actually talked about. So I didn't talk. I didn't talk about any movies that I watched. I talked about. Dennis oh, School. there you go. So you, you got a lot then. <laughs> I talked about Quaid and um, trying to think what else. And then after I did that, I started thinking, did I do another solo show where I talked about all the movies? Dennis Quaid's movies. It seemed familiar. Okay. Let's get to it. We don't have all day shit, you know, goddamn. Hmm. I might have to cut grass today. (laughs) I might wait till because of this poop. Um, Damn chilly. Damn chilly. Uh, I got warned. It didn't hit me until like 48 hours later, though. But I did. I ate half of it. Uh, and this was like some kind of it's not like Hormel or in a can. It's like in a little microwave tub, but it's it's like all natural something. It was like a, 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 a healthy choice kind of a thing or something. I ate like probably less than half of it the first night. And when I came in that night, my friend said, um, he goes, How, how's your stomach? How your stomach feel? <laughs> I'm like, it's all right. <laughs> and I was like, like you know, fuck pussy man. Like I've got, I'm like a man of iron. That doesn't affect me. And now today, oof. Maybe it's I got ate- that like olean in it or something. That like fake fat that makes people have anal leakage. Mm. That's what makes it healthy. Wish I had fake fat. Uh, I have real fat. Okay, uh, 1941's uh, Dive Bomber, directed by Michael. Cortese and uh, written by Frank Weed 
Um, and this stars Errol Flynn and Fred McMurray and Ralph Bellamy. Now, this was not what I expected because um, by the you know you hear the name Dive Bomber and you know er- Errol Flynn or whatever. I th- I and they're like military military guys i thought this was going to be like a war movie but mm-hmm. it, it has more to do with like almost like a test sort of, well they're not really test pilots they're real pilots but it's before pearl harbor and they're having a problem with these dive bombers when you know they, they would come from a real high altitude and then just come straight down at like this really, you know, stupendous speed and the guys would like pass out and black out and shit. So, uh, Errol Flynn is a doctor and he's trying, they're doing like all these, uh, tests trying to, trying to, uh, figure out how to, um, you know, curb that and how to keep that from happening. And you see a lot of stuff like, uh, maybe like an officer and a gentleman when they put him in that pressurized tank to see how they would react at, uh, when they would, and they would start, you know, um, like at, at uh, so many thousands of feet and everything, and they do stuff like that. It, and it's based on a true story, so it was, it was actually pretty good. Um, that was one of my Errol Flynn. I started, I, was, I just started thinking, you know, I really, you know, I've heard the name a million times, and um, you know, he's a fucking like legend for his time, like with probably like Clark Gable and guys like that. Uh, you know, like a, a, a huge icon, and I just mm-hmm. thought, you know, I have really hadn't seen that many of his movies, so I kind of dived into some of his stuff. Uh, let's see, the next one is another Errol Flynn and Sheridan and Walter Houston movie uh, called Edge of Darkness from 1943, uh, directed by Lewis Milestone, and uh, uh, it comes from the novel by William Woods uh, and screenplay by Robert Rosen or Rosen. Uh, this one was really good. This one is, um, it's uh, like a, of course it's, uh, in English and everything. And, uh, mm-hmm. it's a Norwegian, uh, world war two kind of setting. And, uh, you know, they're all like fishermen and stuff like that. It kind of reminds me a lot of, um, the movie we're going to review. Um, and uh, of, of like that kind of place, and the Germans are occupying it, but they have like a, a like kind of like a um, uh, what do you call it? a resistance thing that's just under undercover. Like they they do more like uh, I don't want to say like uh, dirty tricks, but um, inst- they don't like kill Nazis or anything. But the Nazis depend on them, their industry and stuff, so they will. Uh, like muck it up, like they'll throw sabotage th- their own work. Right, and so yeah, it's yeah. A- it's actually pretty good, and it's it's uh, I don't know if it's based on a true story or not, but it's it's got some pretty fucking uh, uh, violent shit in it, uh, especially for that time. I recommend mm-hmm. that one. That one's really good. I that, of the Errol Flynn movies that I watched, that one was one of the best best ones. Um, do 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 do. This one was an awesome movie. Uh, we probably should review it someday. It's called uh, Purple Noon or uh, Plein Soleil, uh, which is a 1960, <laughs> uh, uh, the original uh, talented Mr. Ripley uh, movie with Elaine Delon, uh, Maurice Ronet, uh, Marie Laforet, and it's of course uh, based on the novel by Patricia Highsmith. Uh, the talented Mr. Ripley and Elaine Delon plays um, Tom Ripley, 
And, you know, okay, I've seen Matt Damon play Tom Ripley. I've seen John Malkovich play Tom Ripley. And I have seen Dennis Hopper play Tom Ripley. And let me tell you something, Elaine DeLone, this is fucking uh, a classic. And he is really good at it. And just even how it's shot and everything, it's just a beautiful movie. What, to what watch. year is it? 1960. Purple mm. Noon. Okay. So that's right one that down. we need to keep in, uh, keep in mind. Yeah, dig it. Uh, this Maybe is next new- time. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. Look at us give being us two old. months to fucking watch it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, this is a newer one. Uh, it was a 99-cent rental on iTunes. It's uh, 2016's Nerve. And um, it is directed by Henry Hoost. I guess it's Hoost because sometimes when it's juiced, it's Hoost. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> uh, Henry Juiced and Ariel Schulman. So it might be Henry Hoost. I don't know. Uh, and it stars Emma Roberts, Dave Franco, and Emily Mead. This is uh, kind of – it has a lot of neon in it, and it's a, uh, a movie about um, – an online game that you can sign up for and you can either sign up and be just somebody who watches it and records mm-hmm. what other people are doing. Cause they, de- in the game, they depend on people with uh, smartphones all over to record stuff, or you yeah. can be a participant where they give you a dare and you actually get money. I mean like real money to do these dares and a lot. Some the dares get progressively. The yeah. The dares get progressively harder and more extreme it's pretty. It was pretty good, actually. I I, I dug it. I, I got it, and then I kept putting it off because I thought this might be really just shitty. And uh, I had like one more day to watch it before it expired. So it, it was not bad. It's called Nerve. <laughs> and it's only an hour and a half. So for 99 cent? Hey, 99 cent? Like, did, like where you're at, do people ever say that? Like they drop the S? Like, oh, all the time, yeah. Uh, that's kind of like some of the like redneck stuff, but then 50 cent. <laughs> you know, so eh, maybe he's a redneck. I don't know. Um, 2015's child 44, which is the Tom Hardy, Gary Oldman and Numi rapace movie, uh, about, uh, I saw that was on iTunes also, right? I think I saw that yeah, one on the it a, it cheap was, list. It was a cheapie. I hadn't seen it. Um, citizen X is, I think based on the true story. Uh, that this movie's based on, and it's a much better movie. Again, mm. Tom Hardy, I'm starting to think that he is... He's not bad, pony. but maybe a one-trick pony. Um, let's see. A disgraced member of the Russian military police investigates a series of child murders during the Stalin-era Soviet Union. This was okay. It had, uh, like Somebody hit it, the, the nail on the head um, on La Group. Uh, they said, you know, good story, fantastic cast, but it was just meh. So, hmm. yeah. It's, but it, I mean, you know, for 99 cents, I hadn't seen it. It was worth a watch. It was not horrible. Um, this is another um, Errol Flynn movie. I bought a Errol Flynn box set of about like five or six of his movies. And then I got some on um, iTunes that I watched too. This one is called Desperate Journey from 1942. And this movie has a special uh, distinction 
Uh, it's directed by Raoul Walsh, who was a famous director. Um, but the dis- special distinction is this is my first movie. I'm almost positive that I've ever watched that has Ronald Reagan in it. <laughs> he nice. is co-star. And I had even asked somebody one time, I'm on like a, an old school movie group, like, a, I don't know if it's MGM or something like that. I, I, I can't remember what it is, but, uh, there are some people on there that there are people that like to try and provoke a reaction. Like they'll like by posting a picture of Jane Fonda from coming home. And then you get all the people that are like, I hate that fucking bitch. She's a traitor during Vietnam, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And then with Ron, they'll post pictures of Ronald Reagan. Like he was the greatest goddamn actor. And they'll sit there and say, Oh my God, he was such a good actor and everything. And I even asked on one of them, I said, well, what are some of his movies because, you know, I'd heard Bedtime for Bonzo, where he's like in a movie That's with That's the chef. only one I could name, yeah. Right. And they named some of them. I don't know if this was one or not, because he's just a co-star. But he's okay, but, I mean, he's not like some fucking fantastic, you know. He's no Fred McMurray. Um, this one was not <laughs> bad. It, it It's um, it's funny because it's a World War II movie, and these guys are uh, uh, bomber pilots, and they get shot down um, – uh, behind enemy lines and they even get captured. But even though it's kind of a desperate time and like it's, it's kind of done sort of tongue in cheeky, not quite Hogan's hero ish because mm-hmm. I mean, there's a chance that they're going to be killed where you never really, I don't think you ever, or tortured and stuff. You never really thought that with uh, Hogan's heroes, but um, the, the Germans are definitely some fucking buffoons. Uh and so it's got some kind of funny stuff in it, which is worth it. And Errol Flynn's pretty dashing, and Ronald Reagan's all right. I mean, like I said, I don't think he was anything special. I can see why his acting career wasn't like super great. I, th- I think I've only ever seen Robin Hood. That might be the only Errol Flynn movie I've actually seen. But then again, to be honest with you, we saw him act for like fucking eight years. So <laughs> he acted like he's doing, and then he acted like he didn't know about Iran Contra. Um, anyway. <laughs> Shut up with that stuff. I'm sick of it. You liberal. <laughs> you, yeah. Hey, let me tell fucking you something. Snowflake. What we have now, I, I fucking want to jerk off on Ronald Reagan's face compared to what we have now. <laughs> okay. Um, let's see. Let's forget about that. That costs us people, listeners. I know. Uh, and and we're scraping the bottom of the barrel now. We got like fewer than ever, I think. Yeah, I think four. Okay. Down to four. Yeah. Okay. Next one is a really good movie, uh, Husbands and Wives from 1992, uh, written and directed by Woody Allen, starring Woody Allen, Mia Farrow, Sidney Pollack, um, Judy Davis is really good in this. Uh, it also has Liam Neeson and Juliette Lewis. Um, this is this was kind of like Hannah and her sisters. I love these kind of Woody Allen movies. He just gets it so right about relationships and shit. Uh, mm. This is awesome. I mean, I thought it was just great, and I love Hannah. I feel like I've like I rented that. I haven't watched it yet. Uh, fall asleep. I feel like I cried through. Have seen it now that you because I was pretty sure I hadn't. But as soon as you said Liam Neeson, I was like, wait, I think I've seen a Liam Neeson in a seen Liam Neeson in a Woody Allen movie before. So and I must he have was seen really that. good in this because you know yeah. it was totally against what you would think. Well, what Liam Neeson has become isn't that because what? But you know, yeah. at the time he was he did a lot of uh, various 
very varying kind of different roles and now he's kind of fallen into uh being charles bronson okay the next movie i looked high uh what do you call it uh high and low high and low there you go <laughs> because i knew this movie as warriors five and when i went to imdb i could not find it and when i went to jack palance's or palance or palance uh i could still couldn't find it and he's oh, in. Is this the one that's called attack no it's no. it's it's attack is a different movie but it's oh. probably made around the same time maybe a little bit later because it's a black and white world war ii movie this one is called la gura continua from 1962 also known as warriors five and it stars jack palance uh giovanna rally who is pretty hot uh serge rajayani uh Furco luli venatino vanatini uh, franco balducci miha ballo veramoco it's got a lot of italian people in it it's got some germans <laughs> in it too. i feel like i've seen that i might have seen this this one is really good i really liked it i, I it's it shocked i was it shocked me but i just didn't know what it was and it was i think on this um which is a great fucking tv channel i mean i have netflix i could watch interesting old movies that i have never seen before that are like out of print on this fucking probably about five of them a day are there and, commercials uh, yeah i don't have that channel no okay. there's commercials so you know um and i think they do um because like i watched code of silence with charles norris the other day and they do but that was during the day so they edited out some of oh. the language which i fucking think is hilarious sometimes like you know mother freaker and that kind oh of they stuff. dub it over yeah 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 which is funny especially like seagal and stuff like that you want to <laughs> be buried or you want to be cremated buried were you cremated <laughs> now mother freaker that's seagal anyway <laughs> this one palance is uh kind of like a, a comiendo and he is dropped behind enemy lines to do stuff uh, and he hooks up with some um, Italians, and they kind of have like it's like where the French you had the Vichy French who worked for the worked for the Germans. Well, of course, in fascist Italy, you had some of the people that were on the side of Mussolini, but then some of them that hated that motherfucker. And so you know, there's kind of he runs across these people, and he's not sure. He's kind of has a prejudice against the uh, fascist uh, in Italy and all this stuff. But then and then the chick in it that's along with them, she's hot and she has like she likes him. But she's crawling all over some other dudes and showing her legs and her crotch. And like when they go to wash by the river, you know, everybody's watching her because she's hot. Yeah, she's hot. <laughs> ooh, ooh, ooh. OK, next thing. Um, not too many more. Um 1992's Light Sleeper. This is written and directed by Paul Schrader and uh, stars Willem Ooh. Dafoe as Susan Sarandon. It also has uh, Sam Rockwell appears in this. Victor Garber, who is on um, DC's Legends of Tomorrow. Uh, this is pretty good. I liked it. I, I dug it. Uh, uh, Willem Dafoe plays a, uh, a drug dealer who is kind of like uh, had been 
like a scuzzy drug dealer who was a junkie, but he got off the drugs, but he still does the thing. And Susan Sarandon is kind of like a mother-like figure uh, who is sort of the connection that he gets the drugs from. It's almost like a like a, a business, like a industry. And uh, they work it like that. And uh, it's just really good. Have you seen this? Like, I have not. Uh, I feel like is, I watched a Paul Schrader movie recently, but no, I haven't seen that one. This is one that you might want to check out. Didn't he just do the one with Willem Dafoe and Nicolas Cage? Um, uh, hang on, I'll look it up. Oh. It was on Netflix and all that shit. Anyway, uh, let's see here. Uh, so that was a good one. That's one worth did, looking at. Did, no, did he... Is this a written by or a directed by? Written and directed, bro. Oh. And what did you say the name of it was? Light Sleeper. Light Sleeper. Bruh. Oh, 1992. No, <laughs> yeah, I definitely no. haven't seen that. Yeah. I like Willem Dafoe, man. He's got a yeah, goal. Yeah, he's good. Um, next one is another one that uh, we should put on the list of uh, ones to review. Uh, this is a 1985 movie directed by Joyce Chopra or Chopra. Um, and she wrote uh, the story, which is called Where Are You Going and Where Have You Been? Um, and it's based on a true story. Uh, it's called Smooth Talk, and it stars Laura Dern as the main person. Uh, Mary Kay Place plays her mother, and uh, this dude, Treat Williams, is in it, and uh, he is pretty good. Um, it's really kind of like nothing what I thought it was going to be. Um, and, um, then I went, when I heard it was based on like a true story and I went and read about the real guy, Oh mm-hmm. God, if they made it like actually made it like, uh, just what the real guy, how the real guy was and what he did, ugh. Mm-hmm. but this is pretty good. Uh, I like treat Williams, uh, Laura Dern. I was going to look up. I'm not sure. I wanted to see how old she was when she made this because she's supposed to be playing a like a high school girl and I, I don't even think like a senior and she was born in 67 if that gives you well, an idea she, she's only two years fucking older than uh younger than me um she's supposed to be playing a 15 year old and she kind of you know like the mannerisms and everything but uh, i don't know um but still it's good uh, okay, so anyway, that's one that you need to watch too. I'm giving you remind me of that name again. Huh? Smooth talk. Remind me of that. Smooth talk. Smooth talk. Treat Williams. Um, and uh, yeah. So anyway, but well, I, she was she was 18 when she did it. So that's she was 18. That makes, it's okay. Pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. She. I think what it is is she's really tall. Because, uh, like, shit. She seems like she was almost with just like sandal flat sandals on, like. Uh, you know, like the other girls that she hung out with, uh, like she's she's probably like five foot ten or something, as <laughs> compared to these other girls who are like five foot five. You know, she's she seemed like she was almost like close to six feet tall or something. Mm-hmm. She might just be really tall and long legged. Where long tall savages, bit sweet. Uh, anyway, uh, next thing I watched was 1975's <laughs> Shampoo, uh, directed by Hal Ashby. Written by Robert Town and Warren Beatty, starring Warren Beatty, Julie Christie, Goldie Hawn, uh, Jack Warden is really good in this. This has some funny shit in it. Carrie Fisher is in this when she was only probably like sixteen. Oh, she was very young, yeah. No bra and you know looking hot. <laughs> and Warren Beatty 
fucks her and he fucks everybody in this movie except Jack Warden. And I think at one point Jack Warden might have been confused and so, <laughs> um, he plays a hairdresser in this and they base his they based his character on Jay Sebring, who uh, was a famous uh, Hollywood hairstylist, like a good looking guy and everything, and also famous for a horrible reason, which is he was at uh, Sharon Tate and Roman Polanski's house when the Manson people Ooh. came in and murdered her, murdered him, murdered Wojciech Frykowski and um, Abigail Folger, and slaw- you know, viciously killed all of them. Uh, but this is really good. Warren Beatty is perfect for this because he was known to be quite the gigolo himself in Hollywood. But nice. it's got some serious themes. It's not just slapstick funny, but it has a lot of funny stuff in it. Goldie Hawn has a line in it that just made me bust out fucking laughing. Uh, when I was watching it, she's very young in this, and you can just see Kate Hudson. I mean, totally. Nice. You know, I think she's prettier than Kate Hudson, but when she was talking, you're just like Jesus Christ. They they're like almost like fucking twins. Um, the one thing <laughs> that I just I think Julie Christie is like one of the most beautiful women. You know, she's somebody that I really just think is just real a, a great actress, but also just beautiful. She's beautiful now, and she's probably like seventy something or whatever. Um, but they had hairstyles of the times and mm-hmm. Warren Beatty gives her this hair. And I was just like, how can you take somebody who just is so naturally beautiful and put this fucking Darth Vader helmet head on her? But, <laughs> you know, but it's really good. I, this is another one I would love to fucking review because I just, I, it was really good. I don't need to buy that one. Um, with the help of, okay. There's a little theater near here. It takes me about, I don't know. I can be there like really like in fucking no time. And, and, uh, it's a dump. It's really smoky. And they did a viewing of this, um, 1971 documentary called Derby about the roller derby. <laughs> and the bad thing was this place, like, you know, I don't smoke. And most places yeah. are like, you know, there's no smoking allowed in most public places. Now this place is fucking bro. Bruh. <laughs> It's smoke. <laughs> Bruh, you know let me tell you. I'm taking them. It's, it's fucking smoky. Yeah, dig it. Um, directed by Robert Kaler, and it stars. Okay, well, it's a documentary, but they have the name. I guess, well, some of these people were, were famous in roller derby, which at the time was really big. It was like as big as wrestling. Uh, because, I mean, like when I was, well, I remember, okay, one of the reasons I like this, uh, personally, it offered up a lot, uh, a lot of nostalgic feeling. Because yeah. when I was a little kid, roller derby was like on Saturday TV, just like wrestling. Um, and was it a work then? Yes. Okay, because I used to watch the one where uh, in the eighties that was definitely a work, and it was. I remember the one woman, the one really big woman from Glow was also. Yeah. She would also show up every once in a while. I used well, to watch that. I, I did some research on this because okay. Roller derby, they used to have these, these roll when roller skating was really big. Okay. You know, like when I was a little kid and when I was in probably up to like, maybe like junior high going to the roller rink, that was like a, I mean, it was a big business. 
Yeah. You would go to the roller rink, hang out, fucking skate around, which it was fucking fun. I mean, you know, if you could skate, it was fun. They'd play music and you just get out there and skate around in a big circle with a huge group. There'd always be somebody that could fucking was really good. That could, it was like a disco dancing, you know. You'd be out there yeah. doing the white man dance, but then there'd be somebody that had a routine like John Travolta. And that's how it was with this. There'd be people that could skate backwards and have their legs go in and out and all this shit. Um, but, and that's where... You know, before you could go to a bar when you were like in junior high and shit like that, or, you know, you go and meet girls and talk to the girls and hook up and everything. Um, so, but, but not only did the roller derby affect me watching that as far as uh, nostalgia, and like I said, like you said, it, it was a work. Um, and, but what I was going to say was uh, I lost my tra- train of thought. They, it started out with the when the roller skating craze was really big. Uh, they started trying to make like a sport out of it, and they would have these endurance uh, roller skating uh, events, mm-hmm. like skate like fucking thirty miles or something like that, or for four hours. There was two like uh, big roller skating uh, events. Two different, two different ones where like one of them, the actual winner died from like exhaustion, I guess. And then they started having to regulate it. Well, then they came up with kind of like with the sport and everything. And it was just like wrestling where it probably started out as a real thing, but then they started adding theatrics to get people to come so that they could keep it going to make money and, you know, and all this, that. So then it became a, a, a total work, but just like wrestling, you're out there and you're skating around on this bank track and people, you know, there would be accidents. People would break their ankle or just, you know, falling and, you know, hitting your head or, you know, a lot of, they wear those little helmets most of the time. I remember there, there's a famous woman that had green hair and she's in this, but she doesn't skate. She was a heel and everybody mm-hmm. hated her. She, in this one, she, I think, I don't know if she was hurt or what, but she was like coach. Um, but, Another nostalgic thing that really pulled my strings as far as like thinking back was, you know, like I said, I was alive in 1971 and I was a little kid. Uh, let's see, 70, I was in kindergarten. So I was probably either in kindergarten or in first grade when this was going on. And this was during the Vietnam War. And they, like you know, like a, a good documentary, they don't just they don't just show the people at the track. They show it's it's based like one there they one of the big uh, main people that they follow is this young guy who has a wife and a kid, and you know kind of he lives with his brother. He works in a tire factory, uh, but he wants to become a roller derby person, just like you would want to become a, a wrestler, you know, no. or whatever, and. Um, so he goes and talks to him, and un- unlike um, wrestling, where you go and uh, back then and say, "Hey, you know, I want to become a wrestler," and they tell you to come try out, and then they beat you almost half to death and break your leg or something like that. You know, they <laughs> said, "Well, they have a school, and you have to go here and everything," which was probably still a work. They probably got you up there and took your money and whatever. But anyway, they follow him and they show his home life and him him going to work and everything, and it really just the way the people were dressed. And then there's one scene, I, I say a scene, but I mean, it's just him at home and he's talking with his kind of lazy brother and this other friend of theirs that comes that had been in Vietnam. And the guy's talking about his experiences in Vietnam and they're talking about 
getting drafted or how they would get out of it or if they would want to get out of it and everything. And I remember those times and I remember people talking about that shit and, and like I said, how they dress and everything. And a lot of the stuff is with the exception of the hairstyles and how they dress and everything. I mean, you could take the same people and put them, you know, today, but it's just interesting. It's a time. I love those kind of time capsule movies that, that uh, documentary salesman is like that for me too, uh, about the Bible salesmen that go around, right. you know, and not only that, but I was a fucking salesman of a different job. So I relate to that. Too. <laughs> so it, I, I really like this. I cannot remember if somebody posted something about this and I was like, I have to see this. And then, you know, they have like the, you know, like they're going to have the graduate, uh, this coming week. Today. Uh, is it today? Yeah. Okay. And One then the, they, two of the showings are, they might show it later this week too. They had Samurai Cop and then this smoky theater had the Derby. So I appreciate the, the people that brought this to me. <laughs> Code of silence, 1985. Of course, I think we reviewed this on the show, I believe, because this was a Silva. Maybe Charles Norris and Henry Silva. It also I'd have to look had, it up. I can't even remember. I'm pretty sure we did. Um, one thing that was funny in this was um, the bar. <laughs> excuse me, the bartender in Marked for Death. That's like tells Seagal, you know, you ain't the man, and he's got that mullet that's feathered and shit. And he's and we were like, who the fuck is this guy? And he, and we, I think we looked it up when we did the show, and he's he was some kind of musician or something. He's in this, and he plays like a drug dealer at the beginning. I was like, "There's that fucking guy. He has the worst hair." Um, we we did do this movie episode seventy five along with Dolph's The Punisher with Good James. Yeah, there you go. Um, let's see here. Silva is really good in this. He has the almost. Um, in older movies, he didn't have as much of the menace in the way he w- he was menacing. But in when he from this time, like with Sharky's Machine and this movie, and uh, Marked for Death and stuff like that, he had he has got it down to like this look where he does he just is stone faced, but he'll just turn and he'll almost like turn his whole body like almost either like a robot. Or the alien from fucking Aliens, and he is he is really good at this. Chuck Norris, like somebody said, they thought this was a good gritty cop movie, and Chuck Norris is in it. Um, Dennis Farina is in it too, and I really like him. It takes place in Chicago. We reviewed it, so no sense yeah. in going over that one again. But it, it was okay. Chuck wasn't that great still, but you know. Silva. It's an entertaining one for for Chuck Norris. And I'm pretty sure that everybody in the goddamn movie was legitimately from Chicago or were Chicago cops playing like cops and bad guys. They were all, you know, they were all like uh, cheeseburger, cheeseburger, cheeseburger. And, uh, you know, (laughs) like the mustache, uh, what they called them, they used to call them hair bags. The 70s cops in New York that had the big mustaches and the fucking hair. Okay. Um, I watched again because uh, El Goro reviewed it on, uh, or uh, I don't know if he reviewed it yet because I haven't listened, but uh, he watched uh, The Last Gladiators from 2011. And this is the documentary about uh, a hockey player, uh, Chris Nyland, and about goons and hockey. And one thing, the reason I, I think I probably mentioned this one before, but I found a clip 
on YouTube when I was looking up his fights. There's a bazillion hockey fights on YouTube. If you want to see somebody fighting, you know, whatever, Bob Probert, uh, who was like the greatest fighter and guys fighting him and everything. Uh, he had a wrestling connection because I remember uh, Ric Flair brought him on there one time. And then Flair said on, uh, I don't know if it was Cornette's podcast or if it was on Flair's podcast, he went out somewhere with Bob Probert and he said, you think wrestlers are bad? He said, there, I, he said as far as like doing cocaine and drinking and fighting, Oh wow. he said no one could, like Bob Probert could beat up. And he fucking, there were very few guys in hockey that he did not beat. Like he beat everybody. And even if like a couple of guys got him like one time, he would come back and just destroy him. But, um, the one thing I looked up when I was looking up the different fights and stuff was they had an interview on YouTube with, uh, this guy interviewing Chris Nyland about Whitey Bulger, you know, from like the movie, um, black mass where Johnny Depp played Whitey Bulger. And I thought, well, what's this? And it says, it says something like uh, Chris Nyland says Whitey Bulger was a tough guy. And I thought, okay, what's this? Chris Nyland's a, a goon fighter in hockey. And he's, but it turns out that Chris Nyland was married to Whitey Bulger's stepdaughter. Oh, so wow. Whitey Bulger was his father-in-law. His wife, his wife was Whitey Bulger's wife's daughter and he talked about the first time he talks on that clip about the first time he went to pick her up for a date and it's it's i posted (laughs) it on the on the group there's a picture of the movie poster for last gladiators and the clip is on there and then there's another clip on there where he reviews um black mass so that it's interesting i did not know that and i was like can you you know anytime you date somebody and you go meet the parents for the first time it's kind of weird and nerve wracking. <laughs> and not only that, but he knew because he grew up in Boston, he knew who Whitey Bulger was and he knew what he was. Yeah. So have that hanging over your head. Jesus. <laughs> okay. Uh, and the last thing that I watched was uh, on, on uh, this, which was 1999's One Man's Hero, um, starring Tom Berenger. Uh, Man, they just show all kinds of shit on that channel. Well, it's it's just a ton. Of, there's just a ton of stuff. Um, it's that that um, what is that? Uh, hang on a second, I got to click on something here. Uh, Metro. It's a MG. I think it's just like MGM movies, and there's so many of them that are like yeah. out of print, or you have to get them on that MGM, you know, uh, on demand thing. Yeah, demand thing. Um, like I said, I I see stuff on there, and I'm like, what the fuck? Like that Jack Palance movie i don't know mm-hmm. why i say palance when it's always i always said it was palance but whatever um anyway palance i'll just be flipping through channel every day i just check and see what's on there and what's coming up and there's movies on there that are like uh, 80s rom-coms or 80s um love stories or something like that or thrillers mm-hmm. that i've never even heard of and that probably didn't do very well at the theater or anything, but I'm like, well, fuck, I've never seen this. I'll watch it. You know, um, let's see. One man's hero, Tom Berenger, uh, also stars, uh, Will Queen, uh, Will de la and Daniel Romo. The one guy I think, okay, that's that, uh, Will de la Am- 
Almeida. Um, he was in the Harrison Ford um, Clear and Present Danger. He plays the Cuban guy in that. If you see him, you'll know who I'm talking about. He's been in okay. a bunch of shit. Um, Patrick Bergen is in this. And when I watched it, I was like, what the fuck happened to Patrick Bergen? Because I remember he played Robin Hood. And then he was in that movie with Julia Roberts, which was real popular, where she married him and he was like a total like control freak. And uh, and uh, when she tried to leave him, he was like, you know, was going to kill her if he, she left and all this shit. OK, so anyway, uh, this one is based on a true story. Uh, I guess there was a bunch of um, Irish Catholic guy uh, people that came from Ireland to the United States pre U.S. Civil War. And when they came over, I think that they the I think it was like a deal where if they joined the military they would make him a U.S. citizen right off the bat. Um, so they joined the, the military. Well, then there were these people in like sergeants and, you know, just uh, officers and stuff like that in the military that hated, hated Catholics. Uh, they were just like, you don't have an alliance to um, – it was like um, Bill the Butcher in Gangs of New York. You know, uh, you you – aren't an, an American because you don't have an allegiance to you put your allegiance to your Holy Roman Popery over, right. over your allegiance to the president and the United of the United States and everything like that. I should so, watch that. The gangs of New York. Yeah. Well, th this one you here, sent that to me when I, when I first, um, saw this, I thought it was going to be like, a. Tom Berenger made some made-for-TV movies that were like the Rough Riders, where he played Teddy Roosevelt. Um, and there was a couple other Westerns I remember him. He played one where he was like a Mormon assassin back in the Old West, like in the Brigham Young days. I mean, they actually had fucking people like that. <laughs> and yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's like a guy, well, probably still like kind of like a mafia in some ways or a cult. Um, and that one was pretty good. It was, you know, and, and this one is like a story I've never heard of. Um, the gist of the movie is just to wet your beak is, um, <laughs> they're treated so shitty, shittily, <laughs> shittily that they, uh, desert and go to Mexico. Well, then the U S civil war starts up here and then there, a war starts with America and Mexico and they're in the Mexican army. Down there, they get so it's an interesting movie. It's not a great movie, but just the story is interesting. And I would after after the the fact, I would like to go and read more about the, this actual guy, Tom. Oh, uh, Tom well, I like Tom Berenger. I was a big fan of his. So that's all I have. I've been watching some um, uh, Legends of Tomorrow finished up, which I loved. I loved the last episode of that. Legion finished up. Happen Leonard, I finished that one. That's only like eight eight uh, episode season, but it was yeah, good. Legion was only like 10, right? Uh, it wasn't even 10. It was, wasn't like six or something. Or... Oh, so it's done. It's, yeah, it's it was finished short. for this season. Yeah. Huh. And, um, you haven't watched any of that yet. Let me think wrestling. I need to get to Fargo. Also, I heard that's great. It just started back up and I need to get on that because that was mm -hmm. the first two seasons of that were just awesome. So anyway, but that's all I've been watching. Um, Oh, you watched so I, I I'm I, I've got a, a a lot so I'm just kind of 
I'm going to go over highlight stuff because, but you went, you saw Ghost in the Shell, right? Did you talk about yes. that last week? No. I was okay. Waiting. What did you think of it? Okay. I no, because I went and saw it also. I bought the was it like 20th anniversary Blu-ray? Yeah. And I loved it. Okay. Now. Now, had you seen it before? Before you bought the Blu-ray? I don't think so. Okay. No, I don't think so. I had seen Akira, which you don't like, but I had never seen no, that. I, no, I like Akira a lot. I thought you hated Akira. I no. thought you did fart noise to Akira. I don't think so. Okay, well, anyway. Uh, <laughs> I bought that one, too. I bought both of them. On, okay. uh, so, anyway. I've, I have Akira on Blu-ray. Yeah, I think I got, I got both of them on Blu-ray. I think Walmart had some kind of special or something. Yeah. Um, I saw the trailer to this, and I thought, you know, fuck me, I don't want to go see this. And then, of course, you know, everybody starts farting shitting all on it, shitting yeah. on it because of Scarlet and whitewashing and everything. And you know what? Now, I'm not trying to be an ass. Well, okay. I'm semi being funny, snarky, trolling, and kind of being an asshole with this comment, but also being serious. Had, say, for example, okay, and I'm just throwing a name out just off the top of my head. Halle Berry played the major in Ghost in the Shell. Would it still be whitewashing? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. See what I'm saying, though. I mean, would it be? Uh, maybe. Maybe. I, I'm. I, I think maybe that when they say whitewashing, maybe that's more of a general term of like making it American instead of keeping it Asian. Well, well yeah, not even American as much as just uh, like a white supremacy thing. Like when we were talking about the comics with, um, you know, Sam Wilson is now Captain America. They said, okay, we're going to, Steve Rogers, we're going to kill him at first. And then, you know, he came back and he was like an old man. And so he turned Captain America over to Sam Wilson, the Falcon, who was like his sidekick for a long time. But then they kind of puss out because they had him be the new Captain America. And I went with it and I had the subscription. I thought, okay, I'm going to go with it. The way they were doing it was pretty good. But then it's almost like wrestling where they say, okay, you're going to, okay, we're going to take, we're going to put the belt on Daniel Bryan. Mm -hmm. And he's going to carry the ball. We're going to show that we're going to do what the fans want. But as soon as they put the belt on him, then he's really, he's the champ, but he's not in the last match which is the main event, it would be like Cena or so. So they kind of start undercutting him. Right, well, that's right. kind of what they did with Captain America. Well, now, um, anyway, not to get off too much on that, but back to Ghost in the Shell. Um, I had a point there, and I can't remember what it was. But anyway, <laughs> okay. You put you know Scarlet in this, and, and then the, the actual uh, woman that wrote Ghost in the Shell, I think, came out and said that you know she didn't have a problem with it, that the yeah. character was not ever specified, that they were Asian. Uh, and I was going to – somebody brought up the thing that said, well, she's like a robot, but she's not like a full-blown – robot she's more like a cyborg right yeah I mean, well i mean she's pretty well, much she, no, they took she's her, got they, the brain of a person and that's right it. she's got the brain of a human that's about it right right but still not a full-blown robot 
you should get actual intelligence, not artificial intelligence. Right. Yes. So, you know, and, and that's what's Or does she? Because they, you know, there's that whole thing. Yeah. How much of it is artificial? Yeah. And, you know, but, and then the, 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 whether it's your soul or your memories yeah. and what makes, yeah. what makes what and everything like that. Okay. Um, I, I'll tell you some things that I did not. Okay. If I would have went in and they would have did it like shot for shot, Mm-hmm. Um, of the original Ghost in the Shell, I would have been happy with that. Okay. They didn't. They, they did, changed, yeah, they did change some story stuff. I started a little bit. watching um, Ghost in the Shell standalone complex, which was like a series. There were like yeah. thirty minute episodes. Oop. Um, that was my that was my ghost coming out. Um, to stifle it. Um, You're now soulless. <laughs> yes, it's the specter is coming out. Um, the first episode of Standalone Complex has pretty much the scene with the geisha at the beginning of this one. Oh wow! With the the geisha um, robots or whatever you want to call them. Yeah, those, and, that looked really cool. I thought and that, that was really cool. Was really cool. That was not in the original, but that was in standalone com beginning of standalone complex. So there were some stuff that they, they switched around and everything. I did not like Michael Pitt. Yeah. In the original one, um, the, the ghost, the, or the, the cyber terrorist or whoever, yeah, the whatever cyber you want terrorist to kind of a thing. If I remember correctly, now I haven't watched it in a while. It went from like body to body and stuff like that, but I don't remember it have ever having like it's. He did not. Yeah, oh, and I don't know if that's a spoiler for the original anime, but I mean, but it's a spoiler for he him. did not have a he did not have like a place where he always lived, and that was right. kind of a, a that was a reveal later on in that. In the, and they kind of changed up uh, so. Um, I sort of, I, I don't know. I, I think they changed some things around to try and make it fit like a more, um, something that people could follow and, and, you know, it wasn't as like an abstract idea. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. But, um, I just didn't like, I felt, I felt like they were kind of like spoon f- with that, with him. I thought yeah. they were kind of like spoon feeding people instead of doing it. They, I think they would have been better off doing it the other way. Um, I thought Scarlet was okay, but I did. There was there was a couple things. Okay, there were times, well, not times throughout the whole movie. I don't know if she decided. Okay, since I am basically like a robot person, I'm not going to walk like a normal. <laughs> I didn't notice that. I felt I thought throughout the whole movie, like when she would walk and stuff like that, that mm-hmm. she kind of was a, just a little bit robotic. Whereas yeah, I don't, I don't, I didn't notice at that level of you know technology. I thought it probably that, would look more natural. Yeah, you, there wouldn't be any doubt. Like you wouldn't even be able to tell or whatever. I I, I thought it looked really great. I thought that um, I didn't think she did a bad job, and I liked the 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 violence and the action and stuff like that. Um, 
they added some emotional stuff Mm -hmm. that again, like I said, I'm going from memory that I don't remember being in the original one um, toward the end. And I thought that was kind of like, okay, I understand what they were doing and they were, they were actually making it unique instead of doing it a shot for shot thing, making it different. And I appreciate that. I wasn't like totally, but I will say I was not like totally blown away. I was totally, I was blown away by like the special effects and stuff like that. But like when I came out of it, you know, out of a, out of 10, it, 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 you know, I expected to go in there and come out like, fuck man yeah that was great <laughs> but i wasn't like that and and, and I, there were parts of it that i didn't like that they added on and parts that um i don't know i i would i was definitely worth a watch yeah and, and, I, and I'm, I'm about the same i'm i it's it's like a i mean hovering around a three-star movie for me like i had fun watching it but it it definitely I feel like it was a little forgettable after it was all said and said and done. Yeah. Like I remember the looks of things, but I still remember the anime story more than this one. Mm-hmm. Granted, I've seen the anime a few times, so maybe that's the difference. But um, I thought the and I, I liked that they got the, the the fan service stuff in there. The the some of the cooler like uh, oh yeah, they throw stuff the in there, anime. and you'd be like, yeah, like, like, I remember they, that. They, the person's fingers that like the typing yeah, where the yeah. fingers break into all the little wires. I thought that was really cool. So, but yeah, I mean, I thought it was all right. I I'm, I'm on the same page as you. Um, I didn't notice her walking weird, but the, yeah, uh, I, I don't know. Maybe if you watch, if you watch, if you ever get a chance, which I will watch it again, like when it comes out yeah. uh, for rent or whatever, I'll watch it again. Um, yeah. just to see it. But I, I kept thinking when I was watching, I was like, I don't know if she was just trying <laughs> to be really military, you know, because they're really rigid about their movements yeah. and stuff like that. Maybe that's what it was. And she was like, a, you know, uh, you know, the major and all this. But um, like I said, honest to God. Now, you know, when they say like when uh, Vince Vaughn, when they made that movie Psycho with Vince Vaughn playing the Norman mm-hmm. Bates character and everything, people were like, well, shit, they just did like a shot for shot remake of the it's the exact same movie as the other one. And people, I don't think I don't think that the uh, Ghost in the Shell original anime would be that well known to like the okay. Of course, the the movie people and movie geeks or whatever you want to call them and sci-fi and uh, 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 fans and stuff like that and anime fans of course know it, but to the general populace, I don't think they would know it. So I think they could get away with doing that. You know the yeah. way it was and i think it was gonna and i'm surprised it's never been done yeah I, I mean i don't think there's a japanese version of this now but... did i know i read like that uh the you know they said it, it did horrible in japan horribly in japan maybe i wonder if it's is it has it been official well you can't say you can't really say if it's a, a total flop or not until after the rentals and all that stuff come out. Yeah, I don't, I don't know that it's done as well as they hoped. Because I was going to say, I wonder if they're going to, um, if this would open the door for them to do other live action anime remakes. Well, I mean that they they've been teasing Akira for like a decade, so who knows if that'll ever. Well, happen. with and with with CGI now, we were just talking about that. Um, 
not Jean Reno. Who's the asshole that was married to Mila Jovovich? That's the director that did. Oh. Uh, what the fuck's his name? God damn it. Fat, sweaty, French <laughs> bastard. Uh, <laughs> shit. I don't remember his name. God damn it. I, I'm I will when, as soon as you say it. Luc Besson. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, he's doing that new movie with uh, the Enchantress. <laughs> I don't know any of these new people's names. The Enchantress. Uh, <laughs> uh, was that Valerian? That's coming out soon, yeah. Yeah, what well, you know, with the, with that kind of CGI, special effects, and everything like that, um, they can do all this shit, you know. So why, you know, like with Akira or whatever, why, why, you know, why the hold up? Come on, get your ass in gear. <laughs> we want. Uh, I want to see this shit before I die. <laughs> man, that was almost a month ago. I saw that movie. Now, uh, let's see. Watched a couple of Todd Solondz movies. Um, I rewatched. I don't know what made me f- decide to watch these. Uh, I, I rewatched Happiness that I probably hadn't seen since it came out. Mm-hmm. Um, that has, well, I was going to say it has John Lovitz, but he's not in it for long. Philip Seymour Hoffman's a big character in it. Oh, that's what it was. Uh, I've been watching um, Twin Peaks. I don't know oh, if okay. I mentioned that. Yeah, um, well, I'm almost done with the first. One episode left in the first season, but um, Laura Flynn Boyle uh, was looking stuff up about her, and she she's in Happiness. So, um, so I you know I watched Happiness. It's still, it's I, I think he's just he's a he's a pro at making uncomfortable movies, and this <laughs> one is now I, I I watched Wiener Dog pretty recently, which I still recommend if you haven't seen it. Have this one has this like has separate stories but they all flow together a little better and Ooh, i know what this one is yeah yeah okay i think i know it has the what's that guy's name uh, uh dylan baker has a yeah. he's a pretty infamous uh character yeah that's what it's, i'm and it's just it makes you just the whole movie's fucking uncomfortable oh and who is the british guy this is, had to have been the first thing i ever saw ben gazar is real funny in this i haven't um, seen this one though it's good. Uh, Louise um, Lasser from Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman. Jesus Christ. She's like a fucking. Oh, I can't disappear. find his name. He was in uh, Mad Men. Um, he was the villain in one of the Sherlock, or one of the new Sherlock Holmes movies. Young guy? Nah, he's older now. I mean, he's probably 50s. Jared Harris plays this Russian taxi driver in it. And. He's British, but man, I this had to have been the first thing I ever saw him in, and I had forgotten that it was him completely. But I like him too. Oh, okay, oh, he was yeah. in Lincoln. I don't remember who was in Lincoln, but he played uh, um, Moriarty in uh, the uh, one with Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but Happiness definitely is still a good one. Uh, I also watched this one was on Amazon Prime Video, uh, Dark Horse. Uh, this has most people I hadn't seen, but it has Selma Blair in it. Uh, Mia Farrow and Christopher Walken play the main character's parents. Um, he's kind of a. Um, this is another. I mean, it's the whole fucking thing's awkward. But he's he's this like man child, still lives at home, employed by his rich dad, and uh, he. I don't know. It's just it just makes you so uncomfortable the whole fucking movie. What and uh, year was this one? Twenty eleven. Okay, there it is. I don't know if this was direct to video or what. I had never even heard of this. 
Um, Selma Blair, the titless wonder. She, yeah, the hell, Hellboy lady. Yeah. Um, and she plays the character you'd probably expect her to play. So. Um. All right, that a little uh, uh, interruption there. But anyway, the uh, um, you mentioned after I stopped recording that the guy was an avid toy collector. Um, he. That was what honestly I think that's what caught my eye about it. Um, they only touch on it a little bit, like you see his room and he talks about it. But there's um, it's it goes beyond just that. Like he he his personality it, it, it he go he'll often go back to Toys R Us and say, oh, there's a scratch on this figure. Like so, there's like weird moments like that where um, he's a real creep though. I had a <laughs> friend like I had is. a friend like that, Jordan Gelber. I've never seen him in anything. You might recognize him. He's been in some things. Uh, Before the Devil Knows You're Dead, taking a Pel- the remake of Pelham One Two Three. Um, he's been quite a be- quite a few things. He he looks um, he he uh, is a good. Uh, uh, what do you call it? I mean, like uh, a good pick. Yes. By looking yes. at him, that he would he could uh, play. Yeah. So I watched another uh, divisive, currently divisive movie. Um, this one is one of those uh, released simultaneously in the theaters on iTunes, uh, The Void, from 2016. Ah, everybody's talking about it. Directed by Jeremy Gillespie and Stephen Kostansky, um, who I believe did something else that I've seen. Let's see, director, what else did they do? Father's Day, Nice. Which you would probably hate. Oh, he's one of the... Okay. He must be one of the... What are the whatever the name of that team is uh, that did Manborg and the editor. Fuck. What is the name of that? They have like a group of... Or Astron video. Astron, that's what they are. Mm. Um, this is not an Astron release, so it's not like that that super dark gory comedy although this is very gory is it a comedy it is not a comedy at all there's nothing funny about this now i i don't i've seen complaints about the acting and that this is just kind of like rehashed but honestly for me like a lot of horror movies are bad poorly acted and rehashed from something else Mm -hmm. and the end of this especially and i don't want to say what it is and i won't say that i watched the the movie that it made me think about the end of this a lot of this is very reminiscent of a certain early '80s movie, that, and and this made me definitely want to rewatch that. Hellraiser. Um, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna tell you because it'll spoil. Well, I mean, I don't even know. I don't. I've never seen it. I don't even know what this is about. But all I saw was the tagline says, "There is hell. This is worse." And so um, as soon as I saw that, I, that's the first thing that came to mind. But I thought anyway. this was pretty good. I, I was entertained by it. I thought it was pretty tense. I mean, I don't give a shit that it was bad acted. I mean, God, I've seen plenty of poorly acted movies that I liked. John but, uh, Lovitz is in this? Nah, what? John Lovitz? No. Oh, in that the was Void? the other one you watched. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. The, that was Dark Horse. Thing. That was the Happiness. Void. Oh, Happiness. Excuse me. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I mean, I enjoyed this. I thought it was, I mean, it's not... It's not gonna. It didn't blow me away, but I had fun watching it. Definitely better than Ghost in the Shell. Uh, I probably enjoyed it more than Ghost in the Shell. Yeah. There you go. It's because they whitewashed it. 
<laughs> this one, yes. I got that why. fucking creamy burning sensation. Uh, no, I mean it's Day. in the canal. Uh oh. I think I need to enema. Um, <laughs> I fi- I finally watched uh, uh, Shin Gojira. Oh. The the one that I escaped the theater from when I was trapped between uh, annoying people. When you had your. Uh, my antisocial panic attack, yeah. Uh, the it it this is uh this is really good uh, for a Godzilla movie. Um, this is definitely I like the I like the the synopsis for it. Japan is plunged into chaos upon the appearance of a giant monster. <laughs> What's Thanks. the deal with all the? I'm not even gonna ask you because I'll have to watch it. I just like the way he looks. He looks like he's a, a charcoal. Um, like the orange and coming through. I don't know. But yeah, well, I'll find yeah, it. Yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll see if you watch it. Yeah, okay. In some of the newer Godzilla movies, that's kind of a thing, like the uh, the quote-unquote burning Godzilla. Like he'll like, like literally glow with his like nuclear or whatever's going on. Let me tell you so something. So maybe that's what you meant. If my hips were that big and my shoulders and arms were that small, I'd probably be unhappy. You'd be pissed at breathing fire too. Fucking hell! What the hell? Um, How come nobody can uh, get it right? This is definitely a gotta have arms. Kind of, it's allegorical that. for the whole Fukushima disaster. Oh, yeah, because it's it's this is this is at times comedic in the way they do it because it's it really focuses a lot on government being overly bureaucratic and ineffective. And, so um, this is a Trumpian. Yes. Go- no, yeah, it might. Yeah. I mean, it might be, uh, it could be looked at that way. It's, it's kind of like, let's stop moving rooms and having discussions about it and just take action. Like because in this, Syria. Yeah. Don't think just bomb before yep. any of the evidence is in or anything. So I don't, that's always yeah, I don't the know. best thing to do, I think. <laughs> just shoot a billion dollars worth of missiles at something yeah. and just hope that it blows. Fucking up. drop like a billion dollar bomb, and <laughs> and and kill like three people, and the whole airport is open the next day. I guarantee, I guarantee that one giant bomb they dropped is uh, well, all it was for was just to fucking sell more of them to somebody else. It's so, called. Oh my god! Look at that explosion. Moab, yeah. mother of all bombs. I love when they give like these things these names, and then the media just repeats it over and over and over, like they're trying to sell a movie or something. <laughs> mother of all bombs, Moab. It's like OMAC, one man army corps. Except that was a comic book. Yeah, you read that recently, right? John Byrne. John Byrne. But that was a Kirby thing. That the John Byrne uh, uh, ones were really good. But uh, man, nobody. I mean, ah. Uh, but you know what? Goddamn, Kirby was great, but Byrne was fucking great too. Kirby wrote Kirby wrote some weird shit back in the seventies. Yeah. I love you know those old you know in the in the uh, Marvel comic uh, the the book that talks about the history of Marvel comics. They were talking about how they would you know he would have to draw like those kind of dime a dozen monsters like yeah. or gork or something like that you know <laughs> but i love those things yeah uh, kirby he's awesome he's god um i went to the theater 
and watched. Now this is this might have been the first movie ticket mm-hmm. I've paid for out of pocket in probably like ever since I got that movie pass. Yeah, uh, because this was a special event live screening riff tracks doing samurai cop now i've seen samurai cop 10 times probably and we've done it on the show um what's that we reviewed it yeah um it's still i mean it was still really funny i felt like i had that i had that like pretentious snobby moment in the theater like these people don't even know what the fuck samurai cop is (laughs) Um, you should have got it was pretty out funny. They left the they left uh, the for whatever reason so they left the the gore in what little there is like the guy getting his head cut off and the guy getting his arm cut off, but they they completely uh, they completely cut, cut out every sex scene so you didn't get to see Zadar banging that one lady. Um, you didn't get to, like they almost cut. What's her name? Pam. Remember Pam, the, the helicopter driver? Mm-hmm. She was almost like cut out of the movie entirely. Well, that's um, because we are progressively getting closer and closer. You know, though, they always say about like uh, George Orwell's 1984 and all this stuff. Actually, yeah. we're getting closer and closer to Zardoz. The penis is good, <laughs> or the, the gun is good. The penis is well, evil. They, they also cut out the scene where. Um, Oh, look, on a Rift Tracks thing, it says contains some brief nudity, and our, uh, there was no nudity in this cut that I saw live. Um, but they they, they cut out uh, the part where Zadar put like the grease. Remember the the hot grease where he poured yeah. like to torture what's her face. They cut that scene out entirely too. Like her her scenes were almost all gone. Was was it what was it? Did they have a rating on it? Like when you went in, like uh, it was still rated R. Like they still left okay. all the F. So on. little they left kids all could the come see it anyway. Yeah, I don't understand why they edited was, it down. What was the runtime? I mean, for um, you, for that about ninety minutes. It was probably. I mean, there was definitely a few minutes cut from the movie. Hmm. Um, yeah, but it was uh, it was kind of neat watching it because like what they would do, they would show the movie, but then there was three guys literally on a stage somewhere in front of an audience with their microphones. The whole riff tracks thing and the whole uh, like mystery science theater, I've never been a huge fan of anyway. I just wanted, saw this randomly because it was Samurai Cop. That's when I went to go see it because, like, I know it'd be really hard to do, but you can tell they're just read like they've watched this already and prepared yeah. their lines. And I don't know. It's just I, well, I, I would like it more. The one thing for me is I just know that we're funnier. <laughs> right. You know, we oh, just do it naturally. It just rolls off there our tongue. <laughs> For just um, but I mean, it was it was a fun experience. I I, I would rather I would rather have just watched the movie itself with a uh, <laughs> with a group of people though. But but if you would have went like if they would have just showed the movie and the same crowd would have been there, nobody would have been laughing. Nobody like, would have been laughing. walked out. They would have been looking at you like you were the weird nerd. <laughs> Uh, um, let's see. So I watched your favorite movie of 2016. Mm-hmm. Uh, Everybody wants some. A rewatch for me, Richard Linklater. Meh. <laughs> the man. Uh, I still, I still think it's really good, but um, yeah. that got me in a Linklater uh, mood. So instead of just going to my my true blue um, 
uh, my go-tos for him. I uh, I watched a couple I hadn't seen. Uh, I watched Suburbia from 1996. Um, this has looking for names. Uh, Parker Posey's in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Giovanna Ribisi is in it. Steve Zahn is in it. He's a drunk asshole. Um, this was not great. Uh, this is this is I guess this might have been his follow up to Days and Confused. What year was this one? Nineteen ninety six. Ninety six. Okay, there it is. It's the same kind of setup. It's one. It's it's over, it goes over one night only. Um, but man, it's everybody in it, like, everything is so nineties in this. It, it hurts like it's every, like it's very dated, which is kind of weird considering Days of Confused is amazing and that's obviously seventies dated. Mm. But nineties fashion in general is yuck. Um, <laughs> It's got a good soundtrack, but I don't know. Something about this didn't click for me like a lot of his other movies do. Um, it was fine. I don't know that I would ever rewatch this one, though. Uh, and then I watched Tape from 2001. Well, this is not a typical Linklater movie. Um, this is, there's only three people in it Ethan Hawke, uh, Robert Sean Leonard of probably house fame at this point the TV show house and uh, Uma Thurman comes in later on and it's shot on video. It's not filmed and it's just a very awkward and often contentious uh, conversation in a ho- in a shitty hotel room uh, somewhere in Michigan. Um, I bet you it's one that Uma Thurman thinks is awkward to watch now too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, di- it says three old high school friends pass the time in a Michigan motel room dissecting the painful memories of their high school years. Of horror hound. Of horror hound. <laughs> uh, this was, I thought this was really good. Um, definitely kept my interest. It's not very long, like hour and 20, hour and 30. And, uh, it was, it was, it was well done. Uh, it's, it's considering, I mean, this, besides the, besides the, salary i'm guessing that the three of them earned there's zero budget in this movie they had to rent a shitty hotel room and a video camera and that was about it that would be that would be the best fucking kind of movie to be in because like um it's like my dinner with andre where there's just two people or uh texas death match with dory funk against cyclone negro that lasts (laughs) fucking three hours nobody else is on the card so you get all the money oh it's it's uh it's based on a play okay that makes sense Um, did he so, have a, and then, he like he really liked he likes did he do anything else with Ethan Hawke? I, th- I or am know. I thinking I'm thinking about the one what was the one where Oh shit. Yeah, no, he did the before trilogy. That was Yeah, Ethan that's Hawk. what I'm that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. That's that's the one I was thinking about. He had done the one where Ethan Hawke's in it like three different And this was this was right in the middle. So this was 2001. Um, and the first before movie was 1995. The last in t- was in, well, the second one was in 2004. I don't remember when the last one was. It was, that was before midnight. God, when was that? I haven't seen any of those. Maybe I should 2013. watch 2013. They're really good. Uh, the, I mean, the third one is, is the least good, and it's still really good, too. Mm. Um, it has the same feel. Did you ever see Boyhood? The three-hour one with like where he filmed it over literally like a decade. 
Bro, do you think I would watch a three-hour movie? Well, you could watch it in three parts. (laughs) No, I haven't seen it. I do watch. That's really good too. Sometimes. Well, uh, this is it's broke. It's literally broken up into three different eras of this kid's life. So it's it's one that you can break. That's got some big boobies. Well, and that that was what was really interesting about that one. In that is that you literally see everybody age in the movie because you had the same actors over ten or so years. Well, before sunrise, or the before trilogy is the same same thing. It's it's all uh, Ethan Hawke and Julie Delpy, mm-hmm. and you see them over literally almost twenty years. Is it sad? It's uh, no, it's not sad. No, it's just it's 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 a lot of, and if you if you know Linklater's movies, his dialogue is always for me really interesting to listen to, but it's not always that realistic sounding but something about it works and it's the same kind of thing well after that movie we watched last night i don't know if i can do too much more sad i'm gonna kill myself (laughs) (laughs) just kidding um little joke there let's see i watched um for easter i watched a uh, some zombie movies um i watched plague of the zombies uh this is a Wait a minute! This Isn't Easter the... when the Jewish zombie arose from the dead? Yes, it is. That's why so, I watched them. So, did you actually have that in mind? Yes, I did. <laughs> cool. All right. I should start watching. That'll gonna make that a tradition. I'm gonna watch we zombie make movies that a... on Easter. We ought to do a fucking uh, uh... Easter theme show. Yeah, yeah. a Jesus theme Zom- Easter show. Zombie genius. Jom- zombie Jesus. Um, <laughs> zombie genius. Zombie <laughs> Jesus. Uh, I. <laughs> I'd never seen this. This is the only, I believe, Hammer movie with zombies. Um, and oddly enough, these all three I watched uh, were are the voodoo style zombies, not like the outer space plague or the poison zombies. Um, but Plague of the Zombies is from 1966. Um, it does not have anybody's name that I recognize. Andre Morel, Diane Claire. Yeah, I didn't recognize Andre Morel's been was in a lot of shit, but I didn't recognize anybody from it. But I thought this was really good. Um, it's kind of a it's a small British town, like mining town, and like the 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 house on the hill kind of thing where who knows what the hell's going on inside. The makeup looked pretty good. Uh, this was pretty cool. Had had the nice hammer cleavage a few times. Mm. Um, but uh, Plague of the Zombies, I li- I dug it. And let's see, I watched another one. I thought I had seen, but I hadn't. Maybe I had watched the beginning of it, uh, called Dead and Buried. And this one kind of twists the zombie mythos a little bit. It it still does. It's still like the voodoo style zombies, but. They are not like the rotting, shambling type. Mm. Um, <laughs> this is another small town one, uh, and it's pretty gruesome. And it has a really cool ending. Uh, definitely recommend this one. I, I will. Robert England makes a little appearance a couple times in it, but other than that, I don't think it has much of a not not a cast that I recognize all that much. Um, I'm sorry, people, but I'm making noise, but these goddamn headphones are fucking killing my ears. <laughs> no I'm worries. I'm trying to adjust the, them to where I can actually not be in immense pain. 
<laughs> Your gut is already painful enough. This is taking my mind off my gut, believe me. The uh, But Dead and Buried, definitely recommend. It's from 1981, um, directed by Gary Sherman, who I remember looking him up. He did Wanted Dead or Alive with uh, Rutger Hauer, uh, Poltergeist mm. 3, which I haven't seen. Raw Meat, that sounds interesting. Raw Meat. He didn't do a ton. 18, 18 movies. Uh, Jack Palance is wait. Raw Meat. He direct. Oh, he directed Vice Squad. Yeah. Oh, I know what that movie is. Yeah. Ramrod. Ramrod. I don't think I've seen anything else of his besides Vice Squad. Cool. Uh, Dead and Buried. Go see it or get it or something. Um, And then the other one is Zombie Holocaust, an Italian one uh, directed by Girolami for Tarantino fans there. Um, Another voodoo style one. This one got a little confusing because it was, it had cannibals and zombies and I couldn't figure out who the bad guys were supposed to be. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I didn't quite understand. Man, this was really fucking gory though. God, uh, this is like Fulci level zombie uh, uh, gore in this one. And so in I mean, it's if you're in the mood for that kind of thing, it's fun. I think it's on Prime Video. I had another copy of it, smoky copy, but um, Zombie Holocaust. I, I mean, it is what it is. I liked it. Uh, went to the theater again <laughs> and watched uh, an anime. I didn't know anything about this called Your Name from 2016. Directed and written by Makoto Shinkai. Um, this is this is hard to to explain. Uh, it is a well. I'll read the the synopsis: is two strangers find themselves linked in a bizarre way. When a connection forms, will distance be the only thing to keep them apart? Uh, it's based on a novel. But it's without giving too much away. It's a uh, 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 two high school students, uh, a boy and a girl, will wake up random mornings having switched. Oh, so basically, like the the boy will he'll wake up and he'll be like, hits the girl's mind in his body, Ooh. and that day he's everybody thinks he's a psychopath or he's just acting weird, and the same for her. And it's, but it's, it's, it has some funny moments, but it's not a comedy. It's definitely a drama. And I'd say if, if anything, it's kind of one of those like, kind of like living in the moment kind of things. Like don't take things for granted that it's, it's really good. I I, I was very impressed with it uh, and I didn't know exactly what it was going in. So um, it looks really nice too, but I don't want to give too much away on it because it it unfolds pretty slowly, and it's a, it's a nice payoff, I think. So, uh, the only other thing I watched besides the ones for the show. Oh, I forgot to mention I watched the. It's on Netflix. Five came back. I think. Five came back. That's the one yes. about like the photographer, war photographers, or something. Yeah, it's uh, it's a documentary. It's on Netflix right now, and it is it's like Steven Spielberg, Francis Ford Coppola, Guillermo del Toro. It's these guys talking about, and I don't know who narrates it, 
Um, but it's it's talking about how uh, Frank Capra, George Stevens, John Ford, John Houston. Did I miss one? Frank Capra. Oh, and William Wyler. Mm-hmm. They're kind of uh, them stopping their Hollywood careers in the 40s to take part in the war effort. Yeah. Uh, Wyler actually going the direction he went towards Europe. Uh, Capra, I don't know if Capra did the whole Europe thing much. He mostly made things here, and they showed some of his stuff with the Walt Disney animation and stuff like that. And George Stevens, like his weird route where he kept kind of missing out on, like he would get somewhere and like the war would, like the battle would be over already. It was pretty interesting. Um, it's a I would call that thing. lucky. Well, if you see... Uh, I don't. I mean, I don't know if you can spoil this kind of thing, but if you see it, you'll see how that kind of builds to what he ultimately finds mm-hmm. as part as his part of the war, okay. which has kind of messed him up. I think eventually. I saw it on Netflix. I haven't watched it though, but I just. It's saw good. It. It's like three hours long, but it's three parts. It's like a little t- mini series, I guess. Dig. Um, yeah, yeah. And it has some old interview clips and stuff. Oh, it's narrated by Meryl Streep. Here you go. Um, I hate her. Yeah, what a whore. She needs to keep. Why? Why can't they just act and shut up? <laughs> um, but this is it. Made it got me in the mood to uh, to watch an old John Ford movie. So I watched the movie he made right after World War II was finished. Uh, My darling Clementine. Mm-hmm. One of maybe twenty different retellings of Wyatt Earp and. Uh, Doc Holliday from the OK Corral. <laughs> um, this was really good. I mean, it's a classic Western. It's black and white. Uh, it It is... Uh, Henry Fonda plays Wyatt Earp, and Victor Mature plays mm-hmm. Doc Holliday. You gotta love um, the one scene. It's like a classic scene where Henry Fonda's sitting on like the the porch or whatever of the thing, and he's got his feet up on the on the post. And oh, the little just, balance thing! Like, yeah, his yeah, he puts his hands out, and does that. That was, that was great. And he, well, yeah, because he was kind of like he was fucking with what's her face. Yeah. Um, what was her name? Linda Darnell played Chihuahua. Chihuahua. Um, yeah, he was just being an asshole to her, basically. That's funny. It looks like she might have played like she was in the Mark of Zorro. I wonder, did she play like Hispanic actresses or Hispanic characters a lot? Uh, who else is in this? But no, this was really good if you like uh, old style westerns. Um, if only Henry Fonda could have grown a, a mustache like uh, <laughs> a big bushy like, one, big Kurt bushy Russell. one like like Kurt Russell did in Tombstone. Yeah, um, I, I kind of want to watch. I don't know that I've seen this. Might be only the besides Tombstone. This might be the only other thing I've like movie I've seen about the shootout of the OK Corral. You didn't see the one with Burt Lancaster? And Kirk no, Rose. I haven't seen that one. Oh, my God, dude. Dude. I know. Dude. I know. I'll get to it. I'll get to it. Dude. But then, you know, whenever I see Henry Fonda in a movie, it just makes me want to watch Once Upon a Time in the West again, though, instead of yeah, finding yeah. new things. He's a butthole. <laughs> um, that was it. That was all I watched. Well, that wasn't all I watched. Holiday, that was like, went down on women when he coughed like that all the time. I wonder if that like was a hindrance or did it help? Probably a hindrance. 
especially get like a pube caught in there. He'd he'd just die. Shit, I fucking would gag and cough like that when I get a pube in the back of my throat, and I'm not a lunger. <laughs> All right, so we are. Well, we were going to hear um, do our reviews, but our what you've been watching and bullshitting has uh, definitely gone on a little long. So I think what we're going to do here is actually break for the week and uh, make another show out of the two reviews. We'll just leave this one as our shooting the shit and um, reconvene next week with the reviews that we promised at the beginning. Nobody really cares anyway. So you're going to get a dope. It's going to be like, you're getting a, uh, we're going to, what, what do you call it when they do the intermission, like in the middle of Ben-Hur or something? Yeah. We're going to play a so really all, long uh, musical score. All four of you that listen, yeah. um, now you can just save it and listen to three total hours of us. Um, but yeah, we, uh, well, one thing we were thinking was, and, uh, putting out like a five or six hour episode might not be conducive. We're going to try and uh, keep it. And, and not only that, but you know, like when it's winter time, <laughs> when it's winter and it's shitty out we don't mind sitting here but like when it's like sunshine and nice well out. it's sunshiny where you are it's still uh, it's still raining and 57 here and i probably believe uh, me people i still won't go do anything because i am a no, no. Uh, turning into more uh, more a shut-in i wait until everybody <laughs> is goes inside i hate this time of year because this is when people are like, oh, it's it's starting to get nice out, so they just bust their ass to get outside. I love it more in the winter when it's it gets dark at like four o'clock in the afternoon and everybody stays inside. <laughs> yeah, I me too. I I like that. I like that. I wish we would get rid of daylight savings. Like I hate there's something daylight be, savings. There's I guess there's something to be said when I work until seven and now it's still kind of light outside when I leave work, but. There's something about it getting dark early that I've just always liked. Working I don't know. midnight shift. Um, yeah, you don't. It's dark it's at five dark. o'clock. Then at least there are there is some time where it is actually dark that you can sleep. In the summertime, it's like I live in Alaska. It's just daylight <laughs> all the time. So I hate um, it. Saving. I, I wish I I wish I was dead sometimes because of Alaska. Well, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes. Um, we we do have a little bit of feed sack. We'll save until next time, also, um, and we'll we'll continue, I guess, with Ralph's with Ralph's questions uh, <laughs> eventually. Sorry, I'm Americanize that boy eventually. <laughs> hey, Ralph, what you doing, buddy? <laughs> my that might be my favorite line from uh, Cheech and Chong when the cop pulls him over after Chong has eaten all that weed. And he's like, what is his name? And he, he pukes. And he's like, his name is Ralph. <laughs> so dumb. Um, but you can always send us feedback to that, not our phone not number. That's the stand the test of time. I haven't watched it since I was probably in high school. Maybe I should hold off. Oh, I forgot to mention another one that I watched. Um, I should have I mentioned it because it's worth, uh, it's worth saying. Memphis Belle. Okay. Um, I... Loved that movie really? in the nineties and seen it. had it on VHS and I watched it the other day. I'm like, this is really fucking corny, man. <laughs> oh, it's not good anymore. It's fine. Matthew but Modine. it's very who like, else was in that besides him? Who who did you just say? Matthew Modine. Matthew Modine. Oh, Modine's in it. Uh Billy Zane is in it. Billy Zane. Um, 
Billy Zane's in it with a little skinny mustache. You don't think uh, it's Harry good? Connick Jr. is in it. He plays the so tail now, gunner. Now I know you're shitting me. Harry Connick Jr. and Billy Zane are in it, and you said it's not any good? I, it's fine, but Crazy. it's not what I remembered. Um, and uh, Eric Stoltz is in it. Oh, yeah. Um, Eric Stoltz. I, it, I, it, I used to be a, such a fan of this movie for whatever reason in high school, hmm. and I had the VHS tape and watched it, and then I, I probably haven't seen it for almost... Man, it might have been almost 20 years. Memphis and I watched it the other day. I'm like, hey, this is kind of corny. Mm. It was a little schmaltzy. Man. It's fine. There's some there's some neat like old plane footage and stuff in it. The whole the almost the whole movie is like a big bombing run. And it's based on a real thing. This is what what brought it back up was also that Five Came Back movie. Okay. Uh because they meant they one somebody, I don't remember which of the directors it was, flew along with the Memphis Bell on their last bombing run and, and filmed that whole thing. It might have been Ford. Hmm. Admiral um, Ford. Yeah. Oh no, maybe it wasn't because maybe he did Navy stuff. Maybe it was Houston. I can't remember. But um, anyway, yeah, Memphis Bell. I I, I'm I'm kind of sad I went back to it. <laughs> but anyway, well, sometimes um, you got to let the past go. Yeah, you can always send us feedback to like someday we'll get a number and uh, or send us emails to uh, silvagoldpodcast at gmail dot com. Gmail. Uh, Gmail. You can find us. Uh, <laughs> or you could do audio files. You can connect audio or uh, upload MP3. audio files there. MP3s. Wave. Um, it's the wave of the future. Ooh. What was that? That was like a. Was that a <laughs> or something? Ooh. The wave of the future. Um, the and uh, find our show on iTunes, on Stitcher. Dude, uh, and the Yankees. Uh, finally. Do nothing. The Red Sox fucking lost two in a row to the Orioles, but I think they're winning right now. So, uh, iTunes, Stitcher, and our website, silverandgold.com. And join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash silverandgold. Um, come just look at the posters and clips that Zom and I post. And there's a couple people that are very good posters in our group. Dig the group. And I, I don't even know if <laughs> most people even fucking look at it anymore, honestly. I know. <laughs> Man, you pulled out some really old ones. I don't know where you found those 2012 posts like that today. <laughs> you dug out some oldies there. I, with a... I got my ways, brother. Nice, brother. I got my ways, brother. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, we're gonna we'll cut it off for here. And sorry if you were really looking forward to us stumbling through two more reviews, but uh, we'll get them next week. Uh, we're we're gonna we're gonna get some rapid fire shows out. Tough more luck rapid fire for us. It's so. the old bait and switch. <laughs> Dig it. <laughs> you paid for one thing, you got something else. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, I guess until next time. Then. <laughs> uh, do you have anything else? I have nothing. I have nothing. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna go eat some. I have some. Uh, I had. I have these roasted jalapeno pita chips and this caramelized <laughs> onion hummus. It's so good. That's what I'm gonna have for lunch. Oh, by the way, I will say this because I can't remember. Were we talking about roller derby on the air, or were we were talking about it off the air? We were talking about it off the air. Okay. Well, just to let you know, I mean, I don't know, but if you even give, if you get on YouTube, there's about a thousand. Uh, the, the, when they do their when they do the thing the games yeah. and stuff 
uh, they record them and they put them on YouTube. So there's. A I mean, we them. did bring it up when you talked about the documentary earlier, but okay. our most recent uh, talking about the Carolina Roller Girls and uh, and all of that that was definitely not recorded. That was in the secret society, the secret, the secret paid version of Silva and Gold. Yes, if you join our Patron for uh, a Patreon, what is they called? Patron yeah. uh, Tequila. Join our Patron Tequila. It's True. only fourteen ninety five a month, and you could get all this bonus footage. Bonus only fourteen ninety five a month. <laughs> so cheap. Jesus, that's <laughs> a cup of coffee a day or something. I know. That's it. That's just don't go to Starbucks, and you could afford to listen to us yeah. sound even more idiotic than we normally do. <laughs> Wait, never mind. Take that back. <laughs> we'll sound just as idiotic. Um, all right. Uh, that's all I have to. So uh, until next time, I'm going to eat. And this is Loaf Oot. Zom Oot. Bye-bye. Bye.